Hi everyone, I'm Christina, your host of Diva Dialogues. Thank you for joining me to listen in on educators as they share their stories of how COVID closure has impacted their practice. In today's episode, I will be talking to three primary elementary teachers. Thank you again for joining us and let's get started. Well, thank you ladies for being here today. On today's episode, I have three early childhood educators to tell us their story about how they have adapted with school closure during the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, Starting with you, Lauren, can you please introduce yourself? Tell us where you teach, what you teach, and how long. Sure. I'm Lauren Williams. Thanks for having me today. And I teach kindergarten at Harding Elementary, which is in the Lebanon School District in Pennsylvania. And this is my 10th year teaching. Okay, Siobhan, you're also a kindergarten teacher, but tell us a little more about that. Yes, I am Siobhan Tyson. I am a kindergarten teacher with the York Suburban School District. This is my third year there, but it is my fifth year teaching full day kindergarten. Fantastic. I tell you, kindergarten teachers, we respect you so much. <laughs> and, and Olivia, you are a first grade teacher. Can you tell us a little more about your role? Hi, um, thanks for having me. I am, as you mentioned, a first grade teacher. I've been teaching for seven years. I'm also certified as an instructional technology specialist and a reading specialist, but I haven't held any of those titles yet. And I teach about 30 minutes south of downtown Pittsburgh. Okay, wow. So it sounds like we're all over the state of Pennsylvania. And I just, I just want to share with the listeners how we came to know each other. Um, we all met at an amazing experience called the Keystone Technology Innovators Conference back in 2018. And it was an, an incredibly life-changing experience. And I'm so thankful that our paths crossed through that experience. So first, we're going to start off talking about uh, some of your classroom traditions and practices that you, you and your students held so dearly to when you were together. And how has that shifted since you've been closed uh, and you've been being in contact with your students remotely? Um, Lauren, can you uh, tell us about a, a classroom experience or tradition or practice that you and your students held and how that now looks now that you're not physically together? Yeah, so we've actually had to make a lot of adjustments like most people, but our district is not mandating any work and we did not do any technology distribution. So I'm working with a lot of students that don't necessarily have that tech at home. So it has been a big adjustment of trying to reach all of my students because I haven't been able to reach all of them, which is really hard as a teacher. You work so hard to reach your kids every day and to not be able to do that is is very difficult. Uh, one of the traditions that I've tried to uphold as, most, as much as possible is our read-alouds are so important to us in kindergarten. So I've been trying to do a read-aloud as much as possible throughout the week and record a video of myself reading it and posting it to my students. And it's great to hear their feedback on it or 
to they'll type me comments or they'll leave me voice comments wanting to comment on the things that we've learned and it's awesome to see the things that we've learned throughout the year like oh this is a nonfiction book or this is the character I love seeing uh, them react to that with our read aloud so that's one thing that I've really tried to hold on to and keep going in our classroom Wow, that's great. And that is exciting uh, hearing that kids are still connecting mm-hmm. to the things that, that you've worked so hard for them to know before we close down. Exactly. Wow. So at, at this time, there isn't a, a requirement for, for student work. Wow. So that's a that's another aspect um, to, to think about, too, that not all schools are going through this with the same mindset. Wow. Um, Siobhan, how about you? You're also in kindergarten. Uh, can you share a common practice or classroom tradition that you had prior to closure and how has that adjusted now that you're uh, contacting them, your, your students remotely? Sure. So um, one of the big things that was a tradition in our classroom is lots of movement breaks, lots of dancing. Um, at the end of the day, they as they left, they could choose how we said goodbye, whether it was a handshake, hug, high five, um, elbow tap. Um, yeah. So I am missing those kinds of things with my kiddos. Um, it has been very difficult, especially as a kindergarten teacher, because so much of what we do, um, so much of their learning comes from interacting with peers, interacting with other yeah. adults, just learning how to be a tiny human being. Um, And it's hard to do that through a screen. So my district, we are doing 30 minutes of Zoom each school day and then assigning work to them in Google Classroom. We did do Chromebook distribution for anybody who needed a device. So Mm -hmm. thankfully I have been able to see my little people. Um, I've had almost 100% attendance every day. Um, we've been doing our go noodles and our dance breaks together through zoom. Yeah. Uh, another, another important thing about my classroom is my students know about my kids. I, (laughs) so now they get to see my kids, which was not the intent. Um, (laughs) but I think it has also been comforting for the parents to see that we are all struggling through this new normal together. Absolutely. Um, and so they, and all of you teach primary elementary. And, and that is such a huge foundational part of education. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering um, what has been working for you? Because you know that for the littles uh, making learn learning is very concrete, very literal, very hands on. Mm -hmm. Uh, What have you been doing to still keep that with your students? This is Siobhan. Um, so one thing that, I that we did as a kindergarten team is we tried to brainstorm like a school kit of things we wanted students to bring to each zoom meeting. So we recommended something to write with something to write on and a small collection of counters, whether it's coins, small rocks, things like that. So that they could, um, make use of that. We're doing a lot of things like show me your answer using your fingers or write your answer on the board. So um, I will say, as unfortunate as this situation is, I think we are fortunate in that having to leave school in March is a lot different than having to start a school year this way. 
because oh, yeah. when you're thinking about kindergarten, asking them to log on when they do not yet know letter names, they don't oh, recognize boy. numbers like that's that's a totally different shift. Thankfully, by March, for the most part, they have some capability with letters, numbers, words, and you just kind of have to work with what you've got at that point. Um, seesaw. And that is something our district, when this all started, purchased Seesaw for schools. And I was lucky in the fact that I had started using Seesaw with my students and I'm a Seesaw ambassador. So I was really grateful to already have that foundation in place. And I think that with Seesaw, the activities, you can make them as kid-friendly as possible. And my students had already been used to that. So I they were used to going on and seeing the activities that I'm posting. And on there, you can put the counters that they can move for manipulatives. There's an option for voice recording, which is huge since my students are learning how to spell and write. Mm -hmm. So those voice comments are a big deal for them to be able to hear my voice comments and also to leave their own. Um, on Seesaw, there's also the caption option. So I can record different directions on each screen so that they're not overwhelmed by hearing it all in the beginning. So oh, wow. that's been very helpful to be able to use that to build upon because it is, you are missing those hands-on manipulatives and you are missing those step-by-step -step directions. And in my classroom, I use picture directions. And mm -hmm. so it is yes. helpful that at least Seesaw has those icons and has that voice mm -hmm. capability to in continue what I was already doing in my classroom. So that's definitely been helpful in my virtual classroom. Yeah. Yeah. We've really been Olivia. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yep. We've really been enjoying Flipgrid. Mm -hmm. uh, it has probably a lot of listeners are familiar with this, but it's very user friendly, very kid friendly, and it allows learners to log on and to create videos. And it has been so great for building community through recording birthday wishes, just using mm, it to develop fluency, um, and just staying connected. It's so wonderful. I get so much joy seeing the students' faces on Flipgrid. If I could piggyback off of that, Olivia, sure. I fought the Flipgrid idea for a long time. It's, it's another thing for them to log into, blah, blah, blah. I've got to say Flipgrid works beautifully in kindergarten, especially when you are working on that community or communication skills. And like Lauren mentioned, our littles, what they can tell us by recording their response is so much more so much more engaging than what they can possibly type out as a sentence. So the, the ability for them to speak their thoughts and then respond to each other. That's what I really love about Flipgrid is that they can respond to each other and they just love that being able to still interact with their classmates. That's wonderful. I love that aspect. It, it, um, as you said, that it's not just them recording, but watching someone else and responding back to them. Like that's a mm -hmm. big communication yeah. skill that you're able to continue, even though you're not together. Wow. Uh, what's been hard for you? What has been hard, a big struggle for your students, their families, or even for yourselves transitioning into this format? I can speak to that. Um, I, 
you know the quote, you can be the ripest, juiciest peach in the world, and there's still going to be someone who hates peaches. Um, <laughs> I think that's something that I always find challenging in our profession. Mm-hmm. I sent out a feedback form yesterday for parents. I'm always attempting to grow to better support students. And right away, I got three responses back. Two were saying, you're killing it. You're doing a wonderful job and we appreciate all that you do. And then one was along the lines of, I don't feel as if my daughter is getting as much from this style of teaching and learning. And I think it's, I think it's hard that we have so little control over so many factors that make such an impact on distance learning. Yes. There are so many inequities that are exacerbated in our situation, especially in terms of the amount of support and resources students have at home. And so I think that's where we have to strive to do our best to innovate inside the box, as George Soros would say, and give ourselves grace, knowing that teaching during a pandemic looks different, and that's okay. Yeah, Yeah, to kind of build on what Olivia said, with my district, I come from a low-income district, and it has been so hard not knowing that I haven't connected to some of my students. I have tried. I've tried emailing and calling and reaching out on Seesaw, and I I still have not heard from some of my kids. And as an educator, trying yes. so hard to reach all of your kids and to know that you're not is – it it crushes you. Mm-hmm. And so I've just been – and with the activities I'm posting, it's so hard to find that balance of – I want to be helping. I want to be supportive. I want to give you these resources and that balance of like, whoa, lady, back off. Like I'm trying to just live. So yeah. I think that that's really hard to find. And I have about a third of my class that completes my daily activities. And I did start to Zoom with my kids and I did have about a third of the class on, but that's still two thirds that I'm not able to yeah. reach. And because it's not mandated, that it's hard. And I know that it's not because they don't want to. I'm aware of that. It's because there's so much going on Mm -hmm. in their lives right now. And they might not have the devices to get on. Their parents are still working. And it's very hard to not have control over that. And to just feel like you should be doing more. Absolutely. And that delicate balance of how much to give because you yeah. don't want to overwhelm. Um, but then some families are, are feeling better having something that's taking up some time. So just not knowing, you know, how much is, is just right in terms mm-hmm. of assignments and learning and activities. Absolutely. Um, I just want to add in a question about, about the students that you're not getting in touch with. Um, how has your school or your district been supportive? Uh, any has there been anything in place to help out with that, Lauren? I know for your kids that you have. Yeah, so our school liaisons and our social workers have really been trying to reach out and see what they can do to help out. We also have um, we're a high ELD population, and our ELD paras and teachers have been wonderful with reaching out to those parents and constantly trying to connect with them to see what they can do to help uh started using a translation service where another uh third party actually gets on with you and translates so if there is a parent that you can't reach because of language that's another 
um, factor that goes into play, but it's mostly just been the schools trying to reach out as much as possible and try to connect with them. So I, and that's been the hardest thing, just really trying to connect. I have been able to, most of my parents were signed up for Seesaw before this all started. So even though they might mm-hmm. not have downloaded the class app for the students to complete work, a lot of them already had that parent app. So I've been able to at least like get a little message out where I can see that they've seen my message. So that yeah, okay, I love so that exciting. feature. So um, <laughs> yeah, I've been able to at least like reach out to most in that regard. I just might not be um, continuing that throughout this whole time, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good. But I mean, I, I totally hear you. It, it is hard not hearing, uh, from those kids who aren't participating. And I did see a quote, uh, recently about that. It says, if you are grading something, you are grading mm-hmm. privilege. And that really blew me away because those kids who were not grading, it's not yes, their fault. Right. And, and it is so hard. And it, it really brings to my mind, what is it going to look like when we do return? We as educators know that there are huge mm-hmm. gaps of inequality. And this has been exacerbate, exacerbate, oh, I can't say that word. This has been really showing the fractures in our systems and the inequalities sure. and, and and the effects that it's going to have when we do come back is a huge question mark. And we're really going to have to dig in to help our kids out with that. We really have to reimagine um, education, which is neat. Oh, yeah. Big time. Big time. Uh, speaking of reimagining education, what lessons have you learned through this or even tool have you come across through this closure that you're like, wow, this has been an aha moment for me. And I'm really going to be mindful to take that back when we do get back into schools again. Uh, This is Siobhan. I am definitely going to use Flipgrid. (laughs) (laughs) I would very much like to be using Seesaw going forward. Um, But lessons, I think this confirmed for me that connections triumph curriculum. It does not matter what you are trying to teach them. If they do not feel that you care, if you do not truly care, it doesn't matter what tools are available to you. It's it's not going to be successful. So this has just reiterated for me the power and importance of connections with our students. And I'm kind of giving myself a pat on the back. Like I feel like by and large, people are looking at teachers with a little bit more of the respect for our profession than they did before. We're not just glorified babysitters. Like we are, we are the mm-hmm. experts at what we do. And I'm hoping that, that as we leave this, that people will remember that because we, we do this because wow. we care. Pennsylvania said Absolutely. there's no state testing, but yet teachers are still putting in hours upon hours trying to reach their students, connect with them, because the test scores were never what we did this for. Right. Yeah. And so I just, I, I hope that that sentiment really, really touches people as they think about 
what teachers are going through to try and maintain some normal for their students while we are trying to figure out normal for our own families as well. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Wow. I think another piece is that one thing I've really strived to do in my classroom, even with kindergarten, is to not just give them information, but to teach them how to be learners. Mm. And that is huge mm. right now because yeah. our students, they, they're at home and their parents are trying to teach them. But if we give them those tools on how to be learners themselves, then they can be using that now. Yeah. I'm trying to do a lot more instead of just direct instruction, which I didn't do a ton of in my classroom anyway, give them those those passion projects or give them those wonder projects where they get to research something on their own. Right now they're researching their favorite animal and telling me about it and finding websites on that. And I think that through that and giving them those tools to be learners themselves, they can, they'll be able to succeed no matter what the learning situation is. So I think that's something I really want to focus on even more going forward. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Th that's huge to teach them to be learners, not just because someone's giving you that information, but showing and teaching them how, how to plan, how to think mm -hmm. and question. Those yeah. are definitely essential and that, and they will carry that with them no matter where they are going to school. Wow. Olivia, was there anything that you wanted to add to something that you've learned or a tool that you've come across now that you plan on holding on to when we do return? Sure. Um, I Our principal actually shared a graphic with us that's really been on my heart. Um, and it says, with distance learning, let's remember less is more, quality over quantity, relationships over oh, rigor, wow. grace before grades, patience before programs, and love before lessons. And I think that oh. all of those qualities are, are important now and when we return to the classroom. Wow. That is huge. That That is something that should be printed and mm -hmm. posted in every school and classroom. That is amazing. I would love to see that graphic living sure, if you could definitely. share that. that that's, I'd love to. That's, yeah, that's what mm -hmm. we're all about. And and that's what it should have been about in the first place. And I wholeheartedly agree with all what you're saying in that this has, even though it's been showing us a lot of the fractures in education, it's been revealing what's always been there, the love and the passion and the relationships of what makes it work, not mm -hmm. the testing. Wow. Well, you ladies have been such a treasure to talk with. I, I would like to wrap this up uh, with a little fun. What have been the top three things that have been keeping you sane during Ooh. quarantine? 90 day fiance. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Siobhan is my 90 day fiance viewing friend. I might have to give it a try. Thanks for the suggestion. Oh my goodness. It is a, it is a beautiful train wreck. You will not regret it. Yes. <laughs> that is awesome. I think for me, my, my puppy 
who's living living her best life right now is helping yeah. me through for oh, sure. With my husband and I both home, she is just like really enjoying <laughs> life. Oh, she is so sweet. How old is she now? She's almost one. So oh, in June. Oh. So she she's happy. Oh. <laughs> yes. Definitely a puppy party for sure. I joked with my husband. Maybe we should have a, a first birthday party for her if quarantine is is finished. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> oh, you have to get at least a picture with some kind of hat on her trying to eat um, a dog yeah. right. or something. Right, right. It's good excuse to get people together. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lauren, something that's been keeping you sane during quarantine. Um, so I quarantine. have two things that go hand in hand. The first one is baking. I've been doing a lot of baking. Mm-hmm. And um, so I did a sourdough starter. So I've been learn- teaching myself Ooh. to bake sourdough bread and then using recipes um, with the sourdough discard. And the other thing is exercise. Because I'm baking so much, I can exercise <laughs> even more together. <laughs> I hear you on that. Oh, man. I actually just activated my Fitbit app again because I've been baking. Actually, last night I just baked uh, chocolate chip blondie bars. Oh, oh, my goodness. Need to go for extra walks for that (laughs) one. All right. We'll find on the Fitbit app. We'll do some challenges together. There we go. Sounds like a plan. Oh, one last question. What is the first thing you'll do when quarantine is over? I need a <laughs> what was that? I need a haircut for sure. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, I need to get my eyebrows done. But I will more than likely just go sit down at Chick-fil-A by myself. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think I just want to go sit on a deck somewhere with a few of my friends and just not be six feet apart from them. I think that's my, my first step. Yeah, (laughs) I agree with all of them. Fantastic. Well, ladies, it has been a true pleasure talking with you and hearing your voices. I miss you so much. So glad we had a chance to get together. Um, for the, for those of you listening, thank you for listening. I will be posting their social media handles. If you wanted to give them shout outs or have any other questions, thank you for joining us for Diva Dialogues. Bye for now. Thank you. Well, that's another episode of Diva Dialogues. For more information about our guests and the resources they shared, please go to theclassroomdigitaldiva.com to the podcast page. If you are in the education field and would like to share how COVID-19 has affected your practice, please fill out a form on the Contact Us page at theclassroomdigitaldiva.com. Thanks again for listening. Be well and stay safe.